So welcome everyone. Welcome once more to another meeting. Welcome, welcome. For those of us who may or may not know, the topic of today's meeting is family hurt. And this came as a result of the conversation that we had last week titled Angels and Demons. You know, uh, some of us may remember we explained last week that every action we make, every, 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 especially every action we make, every thought we entertain, every feeling we harbor, especially when they are very concentrated, they create a reality on the inside of us. Literally, we give birth to a child inside of us from every action we carry out, from every thought that we devote our attention to. And the more concentrated our attention is devoted to a particular thought and feeling, the more intensified is the creation that we form within ourselves. Like we explained, every single one of us are creators just like our father. I mean, it's very obvious from the external creation of how we build houses and cars and whatnot. But it goes beyond that because creation, first of all, happens within us. For me to be in this house right now, this house, first of all, began its existence in the mind of the architect. He had to first and foremost construct it in the abstraction of his mind before he could materialize it on the physical plane. So creation of any kind begins within. It always begins within. Even if someone acts impulsively and, you know, he's like, oh, my God, I didn't think before I did this. The truth is for one to act a certain kind of way, it means that inside of them was already that nature condensed for such a thing to express through them, you know. Because for someone to instinctively be kind, it means that inside of them already existed that nature. Even if they didn't think of being kind, kindness just came out of them impulsively. It means that there was already some kind of formation of kindness inside of them. And on the inverse, if someone instinctively acts cruelly and do something crazy and they say, oh, it wasn't premeditated, still, for that to have happened, it means that inside of them, there was already a formation of that thing. Do we understand that? Huh? Yeah. yeah. Yeah? Yes. So, be, like Jesus Christ said, out of the abundance of a person's heart, the mouth speaks. And when he says mouth speaks, he's not, just, he's not just talking about the literal mouth. Because our entire existence is a kind of mouth that speaks. The very life we live is a, is, is a speech. That's why at the end of a person's life, when they're calling the obituary, they talk about what your life said. Oh, this person achieved this. Oh, this person achieved that. Oh, this person this, this person that. Because our life actually speaks something. So when Jesus Christ said, out of the abundance of our heart, the mouth speaks, he's talking about our life in general. And before the mouth can speak, it has to be in relationship to what is inside of a person. It is not possible to bring out of ourselves something that we are not already within, good or bad. Jesus Christ said, there's nothing that enters into the mouth of a man that corrupts him, 
but that which comes out. So before anything can come out of us, it first of all has to have some kind of formation inside of us. And last week we talked about it in minor detail and talked about how over the course of our lives, for good and bad, we have really created realities within us that have pushed us in the direction that all of us are going towards, you know. Yes, Joseph, you can say we're about mirrors and microphones. So in the subject of family hurt, you know, I want to start by saying this, and it's something that I would, I would ask us to write down and keep it at the back of our minds, whether a literal note or a mental note. Everything that we see today, whether it be tragedy or blessings, is a product of what was done yesterday. And everything that will be tomorrow, whether tragedy or blessings, will be a product of what is done today. There is nothing in existence that exists by chance. Do we understand that? Do we understand that? Yes, yes too. Yeah. yeah. My brother is always saying to me. Yeah. Yeah. So when we look at our environment, both our external and internal environment, the present state that it's at is as a result of things that happened in the past. Whatever we see today, whether it's the state of our mind, whether it's the state of our family, whether it's the state of our country, whatever we see in this very moment today is as a result of things that we as human beings did yesterday. So whatever it is that the reality that we're seeing now, it is completely a product of our own making. The wickedness we might see, the blessings and joy we might see in any way, it is a product of choices that we have made. Nothing just drops in life. For something to happen, something must cause it to happen. And this is the way life always is. And it's something that is true, you know, because I know every single one of us here born from different kinds of families and different kinds of places, you know, whether the family could be a nuclear family, whether the family could be our office, whether the family could be our church. It's almost impossible, especially in this time, to be a part of any family. And some kind of hurt is not established upon us. You know, some kind of hurt, some kind of hurt, just by being in a particular group, whether it's your mom and dad, your brother and sister, or maybe a group of friends, maybe colleagues at work, even the church, anywhere, just by being there, some kind of injury happens, you know. And every single one of us, to different degrees, have been victims of that. And why I started by saying that everything that is today is as a result of everything that was done yesterday. Oftentimes, you know, like me, for example, you know, if I, if I reflect on my own life, on my own childhood, you know, 
I mean, I grew up relatively simple. You know, I was a very stubborn child. That is for sure, you know. But as a child, I genuinely felt very misunderstood. You know, I, I, I was, I would say I was more inquisitive than I was stubborn, you know. And I always wanted to understand how things worked. And in my search to understand how, how things worked, I would take things apart. <laughs> which is not always a very pleasant thing, you know, because that means I used to spoil things, you know. <laughs> so I would just want to understand how everything works. I want to feel it around with it and just, you know. And there were times when I genuinely had good intentions and a lot of times I felt misunderstood because, of course, you know, in Africa and the tradition, you know, anything that a child does that is unpleasant, you know, it must be whipped out of them, which has its merit at the end of the day, you know. But growing up, I had a, a sister who, at that time anyway, for some reason, they would beat me, beat me, beat me, beat me, beat me, beat me. But they don't used to beat her at all. And she would commit the same crime. But they won't beat her. And it's just me that they are beating in the house. And I couldn't understand that. And already from that young age, like four or five, because every day I'm looking at my sister, I'm seeing that, She's being treated a different way and I'm being treated like this. That already started to create a reality of jealousy, hatred, envy in my heart from a little age. Can anyone relate to this? Yeah, I can. It's like, it's, huh? it's probably because yeah. you were a boy and she was a girl. The same way when I was younger, they used to make me stay in the kitchen and they'll never do that to my brother. So it kind of made me angry as well. She left. Yes. Yeah, you know. So from a very young age already, I then I didn't understand my feeling. Is now that I'm able to retrospect that I can understand what was going on with me. But then I was just so very upset that we would do the same things. They would beat me like crazy, and they won't beat her. And you know, it was just it was just so surprising for me. And I. I happened to lose my father at um, at the age of seven, you know, and that um, I think that made things a whole lot more complicated. Because before my father died, frankly speaking, I, I think I, I already hated him before he died, and that's just me being sincere when I reflect on my state of mind at that time, because I really felt like this man did not care about me. I felt like you know my sister was more important. You know, I remember then. I was the one I was always asking for a PlayStation. My sister didn't, didn't care about the PlayStation, but he bought a PlayStation for her. And in my mind, I'm like, what is going on? You know? So I just didn't like him. I was so, so when he died, I, I hardly cried because at that age already, I already had a resentment that was created on the inside of me for my family. Whether they did good or did bad is beside the point. The point is that at that age already, Resentment had already formed inside of me for this or that reason, you know. So when my father passed away, you know, it was just me and my sisters and my mom, you know. And um, I think as a child, if I actually reflect, one of the most, will I say psychologically damaging moments of my childhood was when at the age of, I think, 11 or 12, I was um, I was falsely accused of molesting my younger sister, 
And um, there was nothing I, I could say that could change that reality that just happened in my life. All of a sudden, I remember that day vividly, I was just lying down on the couch and I, I saw my mom just walk out of the room and she's like, follow me. And I was trashed, you know. And I'm like, why are you beating me? She's like, you see what you did to your sister? I'm like, so you did it, confess, you did it. And I'm like, you know. And there was nothing I would tell her that would make her believe otherwise. And my sister was like four years old at a time. And, you know, they beat her, oh, tell you, you must give a name, you must give a name. And naturally she would call me because I was the only one, you know. So most of my teenhood, every morning before we go to school, as they're praying, oh, um, sound memory, sound mind, they'll be praying, oh, Father, the spirit of molestation and rapist departed from this boy. So literally every day for almost six years before we go to school, that was the prayer being prayed on my head. And it's not as if I committed anything. And even without... Even aside from that prayer, just the way I would be treated in the house, you know, if I if they would never leave the girl with me going out, if she's upstairs and maybe she's laughing a bit, they will shout, "Oh, what are you doing to that girl? Oh, don't touch her!" You know. So I, this was what I grew up with at home, and it was hell. And I remember that time. I just if I can remember anything, I was just angry my teenage years was filled with so much rage and i mean even the very day after this issue happened my sister told my grandmother that it's not true that it's my mom that made her say this thing and my grandmother tried to pacify the situation but it didn't work she no one was and it went on like this for years and i became very angry i became very violent and as a teenager even though my sister was like, what, six, seven? She became the object of my rage. And as a 13-year-old boy, you know, I, I didn't understand my feelings then. And any little thing that she would do, I would beat her. And I remember those days when I look back on how I would beat her that time, it was, it was pure evil, you know. Why am I saying all these things? Because oftentimes when we talk about family hurt and whatever, you know, we spend a lot of time focusing on who did this to me, who did that to me. We spend so much time focusing on that that we don't tend to recognize what we have become as a result of that. And we spend a lot of our time putting all the blame of all the things in our life on a particular person. And we don't even notice when we, as individuals, start to become monsters. Does anyone relate to what I'm saying? Absolutely, I do. Yeah. You know? Because like I said, we're all born into a cycle that is ruling. It's like a ball that is ruling. And the cycle is evil, and it began thousands of years ago when the world was degenerating and degenerating. And evil just kept on multiplying in the world to the point that just being born in the world in this time, 
wickedness is guaranteed to be in our environment. It's so difficult to escape. Even if our family is perfect, when we go to school, you're going to find one classmate who is from a broken home, a teacher who is like this. It's just almost impossible to escape being tainted by darkness in this time because we're really living in darkness. And it's as a result of the continuous negative inputs that everyone who has been born into this cycle has been adding. And just like everyone, oh, this is what was done to me. That's why I'm doing this. Because I'm sure a great deal of us here in junior school, our heads were knocked, belts last are behind. We fetched water, we did all this kind of thing. And because that happened to us in junior school, you know, in senior school, we did the same to the juniors. True or false? You know. True, true or false? <laughs> true, true. <laughs> true. Very true. <laughs> because true. wickedness, wickedness and kindness is a cycle. Wickedness will always beget wickedness and kindness will always beget kindness. If we happen to be in an environment that we're born into, that wickedness is what we see coming out of there and hurt is all that is coming out of there. I want us to know that whatever that person is today is partly the product of what was done to him or her and partly the product of what him or her choose to become as a result of that. A lot of us are born into families where there are absentee fathers. There are fathers who are present, but emotionally is as though they are dead and they don't have any kind of <sighs> compassion. They don't seem to understand us. And they seem to justify all their actions saying, oh, my father didn't give me this. You wouldn't be grateful that you even have this. A lot of things which a lot of parents and people use and just in general. And that's the reality. Their parents didn't give this to them and give that to them. And they have made that an excuse for the negative things that they themselves carry out. So I'm in this moment not here to talk about our parents, at least not now. I'm here to talk about us. Because I know for a fact that every single one of us here to different degrees and levels have all been broken in some time. You know. When one sees a bully in high school, you know, the mistake a person makes. You see someone at 14 years old you see him violently beating up an 11-year-old, making them to crawl on the ground, do all kinds of silly things. And one thinks that the problem is what they are doing. But that's not the problem. Them beating a child that is smaller than them, oppressing that child, is not the problem. That is simply a symptom of the problem. The problem is that pain, that suffering in that child's heart, that is not dealt with, that is producing that outcome. Do we understand that? Yeah. You know. And this applies, huh? 
does this apply to everything, to every issue of crime or injustice that happens? The it, problem is not so much the injustice. It applies to everything in this world. It's not possible for a person to bring darkness out if there is no darkness within. Do you understand that? Yeah, I think I do. Yes. Broken people are the ones who break people. And the breaking is a product of that which is broken inside of a person. You know. And before we can begin to talk about before we can begin to talk about the brokenness of others, because oftentimes a lot of us, especially in our families, you know, there are some of us here who have been trying to be fixers. We want to fix people. We want to fix them. Oh, my dad, I want to fix him. I want to get him to do this like this. I want to get him to do this like that. Like I said, the issue is not what they are doing. What they are doing is a product of the, of the real problem on the inside of them. And before one can even think of how to help them where they are, whether it's your dad, mom, brother, sister, colleague, one has to, first of all, discover where they are. Because being born in a particular environment does something to us. The choices that we make as a result of being born there makes us to create a lot of things inside of us. Things that, when we look back to how we used to be maybe 15 years ago, 20 years ago, we just don't recognize the way we think now. We just don't recognize the way we act now. And most of the time, whenever we think of our pain and the sorrow and the things that we're doing in this moment, all we remember is, this is what this person did. This is what this person did. This is what this person did. I want to tell us in this moment, if we remain that way, forever putting the blame on the outside, there will never be any solution in this life. Because as we were broken by someone, that someone was broken by someone, that someone was broken by someone, it's been a cycle. And the cycle has continued because there's no one who has gotten up to at least take responsibility for the brokenness in his, in, in his own self or her own self. I mean, what can get to the degree where they start taking responsibility for the brokenness of the mom, the dad, the brother, the sister? But that cannot happen if we don't first of all take responsibility from the brokenness that we have become. Do we understand that? Yes, boss. You know. Because I'm sure that when we reflect on a lot of things, we reflect on a lot of things that we have said to people. We reflect on a lot of things that we have done to people. There's nothing pretty about it. If we actually take time to reflect, not just on things we say and do, but just how we process things, how we interpret the world, how we, how we define our environment, it is supremely conditioned by the world that we've come from, by the family that we come from, whether that family be our nuclear family of flesh and blood, whether that family be our school growing up, whether that family be the church that we have been in, it has supernally conditioned the way we see life, the way we interpret life. 
So when we talk about take responsibility, I'm not, like I said, let's leave our parents because let's just keep parents, brothers, sisters, let's keep them aside first. When I say take responsibility, I'm talking about first of all taking responsibility for who we are today. Like I said, as a teenager, because of what, was hap what happened to me, I became very violent. And my younger sister was an object of my violence. At that time when I was doing it, I did not take responsibility for what I was doing to her. I was blaming my mom. Did you understand that? Yeah. Do you understand? Yes, boss. I was yeah, doing I was doing evil in the moment. And as I was doing it, I was saying I was saying to myself, it's not me, it's not me, it's she that, that caused it. And every time I'm doing this to this person, the only image I have in that moment is the person who upset me. And I don't in that moment see myself. And I mean, this express this was just at home. This expresses up so many ways in my interactions with people outside. All kinds of things came as a result of many, many things. You know? And all of these things continued because as an individual, I wasn't taking responsibility for who I had become. I had not owned it. I had not said, hey, look at yourself, bro. All is not well. It is, it is, it is, it is a very painful thing to look at ourselves in the mirror and actually see, and actually see the cracks in our image. It is a very painful thing. And oftentimes, it is easier for us to just, for example, now, you know, especially in the Christendom, because most times when we don't know, when we are not able to confront our hurt, our pain, when we're not able to confront what we are doing, we project it outside and look for an image on the outside to project everything on and blame that thing and blame that thing and say, you are the problem, it's you, you are this, and we just, Use that so that we don't ever get to look into ourselves and see ourselves. And in Christendom today, we all have a general, um, will I say, person that we all project the worst aspect of ourselves. And this is Satan. Every day, God will punish Satan. Oh, Satan, you are this. Oh, this. Oh, you are wrong. You, are, you know, anything that happened, Satan, you did this. We are, and the more we do that, the more we project all these things outward, we never get to see ourselves. We never get to introspect and see what has come as a result of where we have come from. Do you know? Because if we look back and all we see is a lot of tragedy that has come from where we have been raised, the fact is that that has had a significant effect on us a significant effect on how we approach the world. And if we're going to be healed, if God is going to enter into our lives and lift us, from, lift us from that place where we are to where we are going to be, we have to take responsibility for 
who we are in this moment. We have to take responsibility for our bitterness. We have to take responsibility for our anger, our rage with life. We have to take responsibility for the grief that we have because maybe growing up we were deprived of a lot of things. Maybe our friends just kept on taking things from us. No one gave us anything. People were always taking. We don't want to let us have anything. And because of that, we've grown up and we have such a massive appetite for everything and nothing's ever enough. And we blame saying, when I was young, no one gave me nothing. I, you know, so I'm going to take everything now. We need to take responsibility. We need to take responsibility for who we are in this moment. Because oftentimes, and this is what happens when we say a person has a savior complex. They try to save broken and lost aspects of themselves by trying to fix others. But how can a person who is unfixed fix anyone? It won't happen. And you see, when we do that, we'll end up breaking people. And then when we break them, and they come out and say, see what you did. We will not become so surprised. See, what do you mean? But I was trying to be nice now. I was trying to help you now. Has anyone ever witnessed this or been there before? <laughs> anyone? Have we been there before or seen this before? I feel like even, I feel like a very practical example is just in friendships, right? Mm. It's like when you give advice, but then you're not giving mm. from a place of like you having your mind right. So you're giving based on like your own past experiences. And then they now take your advice and actually do what you said. And then it it's just like the advice just scatters the whole thing for them. And then they come <laughs> back and they're like, this, but this is what you told me to do. And like, this is, see, see how everything turned out. Yes. And hearing that becomes so painful. And then that pain that we now feel will not bring another evil back and will not start abusing them, say, oh, you adopt this fact, you're the worst person, you, you don't deserve my help, you know what, actually, they're the kind of friends I shouldn't have. And see, that thing that starts to come out of us, that shows, that's what, that's actually, that's actually what we really are. Have you ever been in the place where we try to help someone and maybe the help didn't go fine and when it didn't go fine or maybe the person did not uh, respond the way we wanted, we became very bitter and negative towards them. How many of us have been in that place? If we're honest. Yeah, I think mine is more yeah. like I tried to help him, yeah. then I expected him to like do something for me, and he didn't. So it's like, that's all I've done for you, that kind of thing. You know, and you see, especially with help, you know, because oftentimes, a lot of times when we try to help and give, we don't always give from a place of us being helped. We give from a place of, oh, I wish someone gave to me. I wish someone helped me. So there we are, people who are really helpless. And we're trying to feel not helpless by giving to other people. We're trying to deny our present feeling by doing things. That in itself is already a setup for future pain. Just like Cain in the Bible. And that's, that story is so, is, so, is so psychologically true. 
of a man who came and brought these crops. Well, he didn't bring it because he was really trying to bless the Lord or do this. He was doing this because he was empty. And he was doing it in hopes that when he does this, that emptiness will be filled. So he was not giving from a filled place. He was giving from an empty place. And when one gives from an empty place, we're already broke. And in our brokenness, we're even becoming more broke again. We will be very hungry. And when the person we give to does not satiate our, satiate our hunger, that's when that hunger will really show its face, when we get very angry and say, look at you, you are this, you are just... And we start to do a lot of things. And we start to blame them. You know. Exactly, Leonel. Leonel said, so it's like trying to help others to make us feel good. So not really giving from a place of love for the other person, but for self. Yes. We are giving to ourselves by giving to people. You know, we giving to people is that like it's us trying to give to ourselves. So maybe no one ever gave us kindness. No one's ever nice to us. And that aspect of ourselves, we've not, we've not come to terms with it. We've not accepted it. We've not owned it. We've not worked with God to help us heal it. We try in our own strength to solve that place by trying to give to people what we ourselves don't have. It will always fail. It never works. And this is something, that's, that Cain and Abel story is a story that is, because like we always talk about, the Bible stories are not history accounts. They are concepts of life, principles of life that apply in any age, any time, any part of the universe where you find a human being. You will find those same principles manifest themselves because it's the reality of the state of consciousness of human beings. So you will always find that story of Cain in our own lives, we'll find it many times. You know? When one tries to give from a place of emptiness, hoping that in their giving, they'll be filled, pain is the only outcome. Suffering is the only outcome. And I know many of us have been there so many times. That's why as people, we need to really take time to a certain degree, take note of certain damages that have happened to us. We need to know it. As people, we need to know it. We need to know our vices. We also need to know our virtues, but we need to know our vices. Because a lot of times, we really believe, and especially when we have real vice, we're not aware of it at all. It's people that will tell us, and if we are people who are not, who have not developed that nature of introspection, as just Christ said, looking for the log in your eye, when people tell us about our vice, we become very violent. And we blame them even for the vice. You say, it's you that is, you are the one. You have made me like this. You did this. This is what you have done. And we see ourselves express this way with everyone in our lives. Blaming everyone, everyone, everyone for who we are now. There's truth to it. Because if there was no truth to it, we wouldn't say it. Because like I said, it's a cycle. Broken people break people. So we that, that, that were broken, were broken by people who were broken. By people who were broken. By people who were broken. So there's a reality to the fact that someone did, did do the breaking. Right? 
That, however, does not mean that we can't take responsibility. Because if we don't take responsibility, that very thing that we hate that happened to us, we also will do it to someone else. And we all have. Every single one of us here has done it. Even if we say, oh, the most wicked person in the world is this, my dad, my mom, look at how she talks all the time, my brother, my sister, look at this. When we just say, look at you, actually take time to see what we ourselves have done in our short life. Some of us here in our 20s, some of us here in our 30s, some of us in our 40s. I want us to take time and think of some things that we have said from our mouth to people, things we have done with our hands that we did not even for one second take into account. And we don't know that just that one action, we have initiated a cycle of negativity in another person's life. How do we start to take responsibility for that? And say, this is what I did. I did. This is who I am. This is what's in me. Because it's so easy. It's so easy to look on the outside Look on the outside. You are the problem. You are this. And forget to look within. And this reminds me of that story in the Bible. When Mary Magdalene was about to be stoned, and the Pharisees came around, around her, and they saw Jesus, hey, 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 teacher, we have caught you today. This woman, she was caught in the act of, of, of adultery. What should we do to her? You know? Now, these people, they thought they understood the law of Moses. They thought that the law of Moses was there to tell them to kill a person who they catch in a particular act. But they didn't know that the law of Moses, if a person was to say that stone a person caught in adultery, they would know that such a thing, instead of you to think, to use that scripture to convict another person, that scripture is supposed to convict you. Because you who are picking up the stone, are you better? What about what you do in your house? What about what you do in your mind? They didn't know that that was what Moses was trying to teach them. They didn't know that Moses, the entire book of Moses, even though as it looks like he's murderous and wicked, it was just to serve as a mirror. But he can only be a mirror to someone who is really trying to grow. Someone who is really trying to be a better person. Because to someone who is not with the intention of improving themselves, it does not matter whatever you give to them. To the impure, all things are impure. And that's why they use the Bible, the books of Moses, to commit all kinds of wickedness. Not because Moses gave a thing that was a lie. No. Moses gave them those things as a mirror for themselves. For them to see their own field. For them to be repentant. For them to be remorseful. And Jesus said, let he who is without sin be the first to cast a stone. That was the interpretation of that law of Moses that these people didn't know. Because oftentimes, oftentimes, we want to find an object to represent as the problems that we have in the world, to represent as the problem we have in our life. And we want the worst thing to happen to them. Whereas, we forget to look at ourselves. And you see, when we don't look at ourselves, that very thing that we hate, someone will also hate us for it. Because this is the cycle. Because we will unconsciously do the same thing. 
I will give the same excuses. Eh? Was anyone, was anyone there for me? Did anyone take care of me? Was anyone nice and kind to me? Who treated me well? And we say these things. Even if we don't say it outside, that is the justification we give in our heart for the actions that we do. Am I speaking to someone? Yes. Yes. And we use all these things as a justification. Now, not saying that there's no precedent for all the feelings that we have, because people really did do things. Some of us have really been through unbelievable trauma in our life, and that is true. It's undeniable. So this, this here is not in any way to belittle the experiences that we've had, because I know some of us have been through some things that we don't even have the strength yet to speak out about. We are still shattered in pieces that our bodies can't even move that the very thought of it cripples us, we would rather bury it in the past. So this has no intention of belittling what has happened in our lives. Trauma is trauma, and one cannot ever speak of it lightly. I know some of us have been through pain in our lives. Unquestionable, undeniable, that one has reason to go out and continue the cycle. But if we really hate what was done to us, then we should equally hate doing it to someone else. And the only way that can be is by taking responsibility first for ourselves. The ultimate degree of a human being is a Christ, one who does, doesn't take responsibility for himself, but that of those in his environment. That's who a Christ is. When I say Christ, I'm not speaking of one person 2,000 years ago because everyone is going to say, oh, am I Jesus? Well, yes, that's what a Christian is, in a sense. In a fact, that's what a Christian is. Someone who enters a place and he takes responsibility for the shortcomings of everyone in that place and he allows himself to be the one to pay the price, to lift them up. That's a Christ. But we're not there. So let me not ask anybody for anything like that because I know we're not there. So let's not do part ourselves. And let not our arrogance deceive us to tell us, oh yes, we can do it because we will crash and burn. Because if one has not first taken responsibility for the evil in their own selves, for the brokenness in themselves, and carried it and walked to, with God to heal it, it is impossible to do it with anyone else. Because if we are still looking at some parts of ourselves, we are still condemning it, we are still ashamed of it, we don't even want to think about it, when we see it in someone else, we will give them that same treatment because you can only give what you have. You know? You can only give what you have. And when you condemn yourself, that moment when you slipped off, you who told yourself, God, I devote my life to you. I devote my body to you. I devote this to you. And you slipped up and you slept with this and that woman, and you slept with this and that man, and you went off on a beach. And after doing that, you were so ashamed by your action, you couldn't look at yourself in the mirror. You hated yourself. You couldn't forgive your own inner Mary Magdalene. You can never do it to anyone on the outside. And that's why those Pharisees could pick up a stone to hit that woman. Because the Mary Magdalene in themselves, that's what they did as well. How can one have compassion outside? when there is no compassion inside. It's impossible. That's why Jesus Christ said, 
love your neighbor as yourself. If love has not been given to yourself, the most broken parts inside of our being, the most impoverished part, if love hasn't been given to it, if care and compassion hasn't been given to it, it's not possible to give it to anyone. So this year is not to say, oh, can't carry your family now. Yes, that time will come, but let us first of all, let us first of all take responsibility for that which is inside of us. Because whatever will come, will come from that place. Not nowhere else. We have to take responsibility for that. As we always say, the macro is a reflection of the micro. The exterior is a reflection of the interior. And when you look at a country like Nigeria, or most of the nations in the world, you'll find out that one part of the country is so rich, skyscrapers everywhere, the buildings are tall, fast cars, everyone is on yards, money, you see all these things. When you go to another part of that same nation, it's completely impoverished. People are hungry and are dying and suffering. And you find it in every part of the world. For you to see that externally gives you an image of the internal aspect of those people because they are individuals. Trauma happened at five years old. Trauma happened at 10 years old. Trauma happened at 15. That created inside of yourself something that was very poor and filthy. Something that is shameful. Could be many things. It could be a broken esteem. It could be the, the need to feel good about ourselves by putting people down. It could be a deeply rooted sexual addiction. It could be uncontrollable rage. These are what we call spiritual poverty. And we could have many of which we will have inside of ourselves. You see. But as people we start to grow in life, and some parts of us start to flourish. Maybe we start to, you know, we can be kind to this kind of person. We can be more, more patient here, more, more nice there. But those other aspects of ourselves, those very poor places, we left them. We just ignored it. We don't touch it. And that's why you can see a pastor who, on a general sense, is a good man. But from time to time, the poverty in him will show his face. Same thing we see in the country. You cannot abandon one aspect of yourself that is poor. And don't think that tomorrow it will not come back and flog you. The poor children that are abandoned on the streets, they must be armed robbers tomorrow. And they must rob you. You don't have a choice. You take from the south, you, 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 you plunder their wealth, poison their atmosphere with crude oil. They must bust your pipelines. They must kidnap your experts. It must happen. Because when you leave that place impoverished, that place hungry, that place dark, they must swallow the light. And this same thing is the same internally. Because if light starts to grow in one area of your life, and that light starts to develop, but those darkness that has been there, that happened in this point of your life, that point of your life, that you ignore, that darkness will come and swallow the light tomorrow. Does anyone understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah? Is the analogy making sense? Yes, it is. Okay, victory said no.
the parts of myself that are broken. Because you see, for example, look at the black community in America now, who we know have been through an unbelievable amount of suffering. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Even to date. They are very broken, you see. But now they've made some money. They mask their brokenness with all these fast cars, all these big gold chain on the neck, all the green in the teeth, the earrings. They mask it with gathering all manners of women and say, yes, I'm a big man because I have 30 girls on my lap. They mask all these things. But that poverty is there. It's still there. And that's why no matter how great, look at O.J. Simpson. Great, everyone, O.J., 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 the superstar, the Jews, everything. That man still had the ability to behead his wife. That tells you that man, that brokenness, that, 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 that hood he came from was still there. It was not healed. And he left it. He couldn't look at it. He just ran away. And thought you could really run away from that. Just like Lagos, we think we can run away from Borno and all these places. It must come back and bite. That's life for you. You can't abandon that aspect of yourself and think the other one will flourish in peace. Not possible. See what Chris Brown did to Rihanna. You can't abandon one part of yourself and think that other place that is flourishing will be okay. It's not possible. That poverty in you will come back and tarnish whatever wealth you're building. Whether you're a pastor, whether you're a footballer, it doesn't matter whatever one might be. Those broken aspects of ourselves, when we abandon it, and we treat it like it's non-existent, and we forget about it, and we think we can just grow and let's just forget about that thing that you say you're forgetting about, that thing cannot forget you. And it will find its way into that new life we're living, sooner or later. Do we understand? You know? Victory, do you understand now? Yes. Yeah. You know? That's why we as people, as Jesus Christ said, we need to see the log in our eye. We, see the, we need to see the log in our eye. Because if hurt people hurt people, then if we're hurt, we need to know that we're very much capable of destroying the people in our lives that we claim to love. And we will, if this hurt is not brought to the forefront, if it's not acknowledged, if we don't take responsibility for it. But you're still blaming this person, or still, oh, you're the one that makes me crazy. There's truth to that. Because someone can really, their presence can really, 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 really run a person mad. So much so that it might really profit you to escape than for you to be destroyed and end up destroying that person. But one must take responsibility for who they are. There is no other way that a cycle can be broken if we don't take responsibility. So before we go forward, do we have any thoughts, comments, questions that we might have? Um, what I can add is like just the image of a mirror, right? Mm. When 
there is a crack in it. If it isn't handled with care, it can spread or like ice, yeah. right? Yeah. Once there is a crack, if, so long as you keep walking on it, it would break eventually and you'd fall inside. So I don't know, even Nigeria, in as much as there is like Nigeria has a, there's a lot of money that is being shared here. But then it is still considered a third world country in as much as there is enough money to go around. So I don't know, just kind of emphasizing your point on like the poor parts of ourselves, like no matter how good one area is doing, like it doesn't, in as, we can try to run away, but we can't run away from ourselves. Absolutely. We can't run away from ourselves, you know. Does anyone else have a thought? Question. Yeah, I have I have a thought, right? Because I think the sure. one thing that stood out for me is that a lot of times, like we find ourselves saying, "Oh, we don't want to be like our parents," and we're just like, "Nah, I'm going to treat my children better." But then you just find that it's not working, and you're doing the exact thing, and that's because we really, in this change we are trying to do, we end up meditating on the problem that it now becomes a reality as opposed to actually like saying, okay, this is where I'm to blame in this whole situation. Like, I don't know. I'm just using myself yes. as an example. And it's just a lot to reflect on, I'd say. Yeah. Of course, because all of us are part of the ball, you know. Every single one of us, even though we say this person, that person, every one of us have put our contribution. Because I'm sure we see on the internet a lot how one young kid who looked like he was harmless and all these things, just wakes up one day, carries an AK-47, shoots up the whole high school. How did he get to that point? Or maybe a young girl can't commit suicide. How did she get to that point? Those little, little insults that we'll be giving. I remember in high school, you know, I had a girlfriend once who broke up with me. And I went to her house to go and try and make her man, you know. And she stood on her balcony. She didn't even open the gate. Only for me to get back home, I saw that she was on Twitter tweeting things, insulting me, and saying, ah, look at his K-leg. In fact, that thing I saw online that day, it tarnished my esteem. <laughs> it took years. Even to now, I'm still, walk, still walking my way out of things like that. I remember when I was also in primary five, I liked one particular girl, and I saw that she was always going after this particular guy who was like the school athlete, you know, and she was always going for, and I had to call her one day, say, ah, uh, why don't you like me now? She said, because you're a fat pig. <laughs> that was probably five. Let me tell you. For 10 years after that, after that point, I was so conscious of my, my, myself, my, on a, in an unhealthy way. Just from that little thing that she said, just with, of course, she didn't think she, was, she said anything. But it had a substantial damage that lasted on for years and fueled a lot of decisions that I made in my life. And as of that time is why I was not able to maintain in a relationship with any girl, because secretly I was trying to make up for that insult that girl gave to me. So any girl who just smiles at me back and I say, okay, you know what, let me, let me go for this one. No girl was enough because I was trying to use every single one of them to fill that space of brokenness in my heart. They couldn't do it. You know, not, 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 that I, I, not that I was incapable of love, but I was just more broken than I was able to love. And many people became casualties of that. Not something I'm very proud of. Not something I'm proud of at all. 
But this is how the cycle goes on. And those girls who were unfortunate enough to cross, cross my path at that time, other guys will suffer too because they will deal with death. Because those girls who, by being with me, felt as though they, they, they were not pretty, they were not of worth, some guy in the future has to suffer that. And everything he tries, no matter what he does, the woman will tell him, oh, you don't like me, you're not here for me, you don't love me, and all these things. And that man too, when she says that to him, it will make him also be a type of way. And that's just how the cycle goes. Until someone takes responsibility for what they are. Until someone takes responsibility for who they are. You know. Leia asked the question. She said, do you mean we all need healing to deal with these issues such as therapy, etc.? Yes, therapy in a sense is someone helping you to do an introspection that you yourself have not yet been able to do. As some of us can't, you know, we don't have the strength to actually sit down and revisit a lot of things or even observe ourselves in the moment. So we actually need someone who is going to ask us those questions that we are so scared to ask ourselves. Therapy is something that, especially for those of us who, we know, if we're sincere with ourselves, we know the, who amongst, we, we know if we need therapy. We know if we need, we actually need help. All of us need help. We need to talk to someone. You know? We need help. We need, we need help. And that's the point of community. Look, we don't, God is not found in any church building. God is not found in anyone. He's not found there. So we're not coming together to find God. God is found in the cave of your heart. In your room, you sit down. That is where you find God, within yourself. We're not coming to community to find God. So other people are saying, oh, through church. It's not, we're not looking for God in church. The whole point of a community is to create a space where when we enter into that place, it can be a safe haven, a recharging place, a healing place to give us the strength to go back. Give us the strength to go back and face the world. Don't worry, I'm going to answer the question of taking responsibility. Don't worry, I'm just laying the foundation. So we, 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 the whole point of communities, you know, is for there to be a space where even if everywhere I am, my home, my office, everywhere I'm going to, I'm just receiving bitterness and discouragement and all these things, I have this one place where something positive is being put into me. Even if it's just, even if it makes up 2%, it's better than nothing. That's the whole point of us congregating and coming together. It's not, well, you can't find God here. God is not here. God is inside of you. So it's not, we didn't, no one came here to find God. No, no, no. We came here for support, for assistance in our journey to discovering God. Who is found inside of us? You know. So when we talk about taking responsibility, you know. It first of all begins not blaming ourselves. I'm not talking, you can't, how can you blame yourself? You can't blame yourself. No, no. Taking responsibility means not to blame anybody. Nobody's to blame. That's what taking responsibility. Don't blame anyone. Don't blame your parents. Don't blame yourselves. Just acknowledge that this is here in me. This is who I am. 
and this is not pretty. And you also need to have compassion on yourself. We also need to be able to forgive ourselves. For those of us who have been able to, like you know how people migrate from the village and move to the city. Psychologically speaking, some of us have migrated from uh, psychological villages and moved to our psychological cities. And we just forget all that stuff that we did. And we don't even want to think about it. Our mom in the village, psychologically, we don't even want to think about how she's going to eat. Just, we, don't, we just try and forget everything that we wear. It doesn't work that way. One has to be able to see where they've come from. One has to be able to be compassionate upon themselves for the things they have done. One has to be able to look at it like this. Because look at the world today. People are dying every day. Every day, millions of people die. But everyone disguises everything. We lock it up. Nobody says, ah, no, don't put it on, don't put it on TV. Ah, old people, we just lock them somewhere. Ah, I don't want to see any old person. No, 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 no. As if all of us will not be old and die like that. We like to hide things, realities of life. We don't like to see the truth. We like disguise. Anything that shows us what life really is about, we don't want it. We push it away. Ah, I don't want to get them to talk about death here. Oh, old people, no, 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 lock them in this place. We don't want it. Oh, sick people, ah, I don't want to see. We hide all these things. And that is a reflection of how we treat ourselves on the inside. Because we like to hide all these aspects. We hide. For a man to stand up and take a knife or a bat and beat up a homosexual on the street is because he, on the inside, is also homosexual. And that's how he beats himself up. So that which he has done on the inside is what he's doing on the outside. It's not no, one, one, one can, one cannot, one cannot do to someone on the outside what they don't do to themselves. No. Someone asked, is it realistic not to acknowledge being hurt by someone else? Is it that really, is, is that really blaming someone? It's kind of confusing to me. Good question. Now I said, we can't deny what someone has done, what someone has. The fact is that whatever choice as individuals that we make, you know, whatever choice we make as individuals are entirely our own. Even if those choices came with great influence, positive or negative, every single one of us still makes decisions. Yes, in just one, they beat me, knock my head, they did this. I, I, my, my, my conflicts were stolen, my garri was stolen, my sugar was stolen, they did this and that to me, I rolled in the mud, you know. All this happened to me. I had no control over that. But when I put on the trouser, when I put on the skirt in SS1, and I knocked the head of a junior, I made them roll in the mud, that was what I did. Do we understand that? Huh? Sorry, Ricky, I didn't get that. Can you take it again, please? I said when I was in GS1 or GS2, right? And they knocked my head. They made me to roll on the mud. They seized my conflicts and my milk. I had no control over that. And that was unbelievably painful. That was very hurtful. How can you deprive me of good health? How can you deprive me of provisions my parents gave to me? 
That's really happened to me. I can't deny that. But when I enter into SS1 and put on my trouser and my skirt and I knock someone's head, I take someone's conflicts, I take their milk, that is something that I have done. Do you understand? Okay, I think I get it now. So in essence, you're just trying to say we should be um, responsible for the reaction. We for us for what we do, responsible yeah. for what we do. Uh-huh. Because there's one student who say, ah, this is what they did to me now. So in their mind, they're not responsible. The person that's responsible was the person who knocked their head when they were in GS1. And this little analogy I'm giving of SS1, GS1, this is what applies in every sphere of life. You go to an office, you work there, you know, the one who starts at the bottom, he's always treated anyhow by his superiors. Oh, go and do this, go and do that. They lie on him, they do all kinds of corporate espionage, just do all kinds of things. Now, you, where you now graduate to a higher level, because that was done to you, you're not saying, this is the system, and I saw you there now, and we'll now continue to do the same thing. Continuing the cycle. How can there ever be peace? How can there ever be transformation? How can there ever be change? There wouldn't be. You know. Yeah, it's and you're right, Onari. It's really hard. It really is hard because we didn't ask for this. You know? We didn't. But this is the world that we as a humanity have created. And if we don't start to take responsibility for this world that we've created, there can never be healing. Because the person who hurts you, because we want to say, see what the person did. When you investigate that person's life, you'll be surprised what has happened to them. You'll be surprised. Some of us that are mothers, we wonder why our mother was like this. When you go back to our life and investigate, you see the kind of things that happened to us as a child. You see how at 17, as a young girl, she was raped by people who she thought were afraid. How men treated her like she didn't have any value. How she finally decided to get married. And the man who was supposed to take care of her never stayed in the house, running around with the other girls. When she complains, he will beat her. That was what was done to the woman. Could she control that? That's what happened to her. So now that she's not a monster, she didn't take responsibility for her own self. She now became a monster. She did the same thing to us. We now want to blame her. If it's going to be like that, all of us will blame her the way to Adam and nothing will ever happen. Because it's a cycle. It didn't begin today. It's been going on for thousands of years. And every generation, people receive the debt from the previous generation. And instead of them to carry it and say, okay, you know what? This happened to me. My story will be different. They say, no, uh, no, no, no. If they did this to me, someone else must suffer it. And that's why the woman who has been beaten by her husband, who has been insulted by her husband, she will beat the house girl. She will beat the daughter and tell her, shut up her mouth. What is it? Because something happened to her at 17. Any small thing that the girl, the daughter does, oh, I shall look at you. Useless girl. You want to go and get all this cycle. Cycle of pain continues. And they, the parents, justify what they have done because this happened to us. And we, who were recipients of that, we start to justify who we are, justify how we react, 
justify the things that we now say in return to them, justify how we treat our own friends, this is the house I came from. You know, this is the house I came from. Blaming everyone for the choices that we're making now. That's something that we need to start to pray to God to help us walk out from. It's a prayer that we need to. We need to pray for that because we have deep wounds. Deep wounds that don't go overnight. You know. And then I asked, is it possible to carry this hurt and only bear the pain by ourselves without transference of the circle hurt? The truth is that even if we say, oh, I won't transfer anything, it's not possible. As long as we have brokenness in us, we're going to break people. And this is fact. So long as we're broken, we'll break people, even without trying. Even if, in our, like I said, some of us will try and say, let me fix this person, but without fixing, we won't spoil them more than, <laughs> we spoil them more than how we, we met there. So brokenness breaks. It doesn't have any other thing to give but to break. It's, it's going to do it. So the focus now is not, oh, let me stop breaking people. It's this part of myself needs to be treated. And we need to really see it as a disease in us. Not something, not something to be despised. Because we despise ourselves. Oh, I can't believe I said that. Ah, God, look at me. Ah, I call myself a Christian. I call myself, oh my God, I'm a shameful. It's not, that's not what we're speaking about. You can't despise yourself. That part of yourself that we've seen that is unpleasant, we have to have compassion on it. Because it's compassion that leads to healing. Mercy on ourselves. Mercy now is not justification. Mercy is what gives gateway to healing. And that's why Christ is the way he is. When we say Christ is merciful, people think that Christ being merciful and being compassionate is, is a license. But when he picked up Mary Magdalene, at the end of the day, look at her. She became judge. She was the first person to preach about his resurrection. She was the first to see him. Someone who was the hallowed just yesterday. So that tells us that Jesus Christ's mercy produces transformation. It produces healing. It doesn't leave it like that. But we have to you know, we have to acknowledge that it's there. And life isn't meant to be lived on our own. You know, that's why I said earlier that that's why we have communities and support systems and every single one of us needs to have something like that. We need it. Life is not meant to be lived alone. Life is, it's not, it doesn't work that way. This t-shirt that I'm wearing, someone made it. I didn't make it. This chair I'm sitting on, someone made it. My trousers, someone made it. So as I'm sitting here, there are many people that are on me right now. No one is meant to live life alone. No one is meant to live life alone. That's why we need to have people in our environment. We need a good environment. And we need to choose the environments that we stay in. Environments that can put life into us. We don't need that because life is not meant to be lifted. Things are tough. Things are tough. We can't carry all these things by ourselves, at least not now, because things are tough. You know. And that's the whole purpose of community. We're not finding God here. You can't find God here. God is not on Zoom. He's not here. He's not in any building. He's not there. It's not in any book we read. He's not there. God is inside of us. The community that we create, 
is a space that when one enters there, instead of light being taken from you, light is being given to you. Even if it's just two percent, something. You know. And this is the message that God is just trying to give us in this moment. Because the healing begins with us. We can't fix anyone when we ourselves are still struggling to sort out a lot of things. That's what we do. The only part of ourselves that can heal someone is the part of ourselves that is healed. So we can't, as, as we're here now, we can't start condemning ourselves now. Oh, see, I've heard this person, I broke. We can't also do that. Because broken people break people. You didn't break yourself. Someone did it to you. You understand? So that's why you have to have compassion on yourself too. It's not a justification. Doesn't mean, oh, yeah, it's fine. Whatever I did is fine. No, it's not a justification. At the same time, it's not a condemnation. It's just acknowledging what is. This is what is here. Do we understand that? Huh? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Do we have any yeah. thoughts, comments, questions? Any thoughts, comments, questions? I think um, what you were speaking about reminded me of this um, preacher, Joyce Meyer. And she mm. was abused by her dad when she was younger, right? So she mm. grew up um, a very angry person and all that. And I remember like she was saying that when God would try to correct her about it, she would just like break down crying. and be like, oh no, but you know I was abused. You know, it's so and so happened to me. Like what you said. And then um, God told her that it's the reason why you are the way you are, but it's no longer, it's not the reason to stay that way. And I feel like that just, yeah. That's what this reminds me of. Yeah, and that's absolutely true, you know. And that's absolutely true. And and if you notice, I'm not trying to say it in a way that, oh, what happened to us doesn't have consequences, no. It doesn't have consequence, no. Because I'm sure some of us here have experienced some things that I myself, I cannot say I can imagine it because I've not been there. So this is not to, to put down the things that we might have gone through. Not here to put any of that down. Not here to put anything down. I'm here to see how we can be lifted up. And when we find ourselves giving ourselves excuses to stay down, that thought is our first enemy. That thing that keeps on convincing us we should stay down. Of course, did you see what happened? Did you see what was done? Did you see? How can you, why won't you be like this? Well, the truth is that you became like this because of that. But like you said, as Fumi said, you don't have to stay that way. And it's when we are able to allow that healing of God enter into that place. That is when we as people can also start being a blessing truly in our environment. Because God cannot heal a place that we don't want to be healed. God can heal that place. And that's just the truth. Some of us here have been abused by people who, who we've trusted. And the very memory of such a person evokes malice and darkness in our hearts. 
And if anyone tries to take away that darkness from us, we will fight them like they're they are the, they are the enemy. If we don't want to be healed, God can't heal us. Some of us have been duped by those who were closest to us. Cheated. Some of us have been deprived. And we're so angry about it. How could you deprive me of this? You, you took this from me. You stole this how many years of my life? You took this. And that pain, we don't want God to enter there. We don't want to be healed. We hold on to the pain like it's riches. We keep it like a piggy bank of gold. The place that we don't want God to enter, God can never heal. God doesn't force anything on anybody. You can't walk like that. Because even if he forces it on you, you see? I'm looking for an analogy to give to this, you know, to have an idea of what it's like, why God doesn't force anything on anyone. You know those water tankers that um, they come to supply water to people in their house, that for the water to come out of the tanker, they put on something like a generator that begins to pump the water through a long pipe. Now, that generator is producing the water. Let's say the water floods my whole compound. If I remove all that flood from the compound, but that generator is still running, it doesn't matter my efforts. It will be flooded again. So that's why God doesn't come and remove something from you. Because the thing that is generating it is still there. This event happened 10 years ago. Yes, old white skins, they were, you know. This event happened 10 years ago. Probably happened in one hour, two hours. And after that, we held on to the event in our, in our mind. We held on to it very tightly. We held on to it dearly. And we are reliving the event every day, every day, every day, and condensing the pain, condensing the pain, condensing the pain, generating sorrow every day. Every time we look back at it, if God took away all the sorrow that we have accumulated in 10 years. Because we're still holding on to that thing, because we're still generating it, in 10 years' time, we'll be back to the same place or worse. True or false? Hmm? True. You know? So, we have to want to be healed. We have to want to be healed. We have to want it. We have to want to forgive someone for what it is. Because if we don't want it, it will never happen. Some of us who don't pray for that. Father, I want to forgive my father. I really hate him. I hate him, dear Lord. And it's the truth, because we don't, we don't like to utter these words. All these words are taboo. You see, this is the problem when things, too much religion and this thing. We say this word is taboo, but the feeling is there. The reality in our heart is there, but we say, don't say the word. But the, the feeling is there. We need to stop deceiving ourselves as people and be sincere and say what is. I hate my father. Actually, I wish this man would just perish and die. These are the realities of our feeling. This is what we have in our heart. Some of us have even gone as far as even trying to make that happen. This is how we are feeling. And we need to look at it for what it is. We can't run away and just say, oh my God, I'm so ashamed. I can't even imagine I'm thinking like that. So you're thinking like that. 
It's no longer anymore. You are thinking like that. And that is the reality of the heart. And we need to confront that for what it is. Father, I hate my mom. I hate my sister. That thing she did, man, I hate her. How can I forgive? Because you see, forgiveness is not something we give to people. It's something we give to ourselves. Forgiveness is it's we that are the recipients. We are the beneficiary. We are the recipients of it. People only benefit as a consequence of what has already happened in ourselves. Do you understand? Because for me to, someone gave me a very beautiful analogy yesterday. And I thought about it. I said, this is, a, this is a marvelous thing. Someone will come to you and in one minute they say or do something so terrible. And you feel that pain and sorrow. I'm like, oh my God, you're so upset. Now that thing you felt for one minute. For them to have given that to you, that tells you that that's their own state of being. So that thing that you felt for one minute, that pain you felt for one minute, that's the pain they are probably feeling for the past 40 years. So you can imagine what a hell their life is. That you only tasted one minute and you wanted to burn to ashes. It's like walking life consistently with pins in your shoe. That's how some people's lives are. Pain every day and that's why that's what they have to give. For one to give anything other than that, they have to be healed on the inside. Forgiveness is for you. It's not for the person. It's for you. It's not for the person who did what. It's for you. Because for you to harm someone on the outside, it means inside of you, you have been burning already. You have been burning. Fire and burning. Burning everything. No peace. There's no joy. You see everything through a dark lens. You can't imagine anyone has good will. Once you meet the person, you're like, ah, this person is a serpent. Ah. And the truth is that, you see, there are times in our lives when we really had to become monsters to survive. It just had to happen. If we were not that, we would have crumbled. And we really had to become something really sinister to survive certain periods of our lives. But some of us have passed that period of our life when we are no longer surrounded by wolves. But yet we are still treating people around us as though they are wolves and tearing them apart. Living in the past, that person who did this five, six years ago, everyone we see the reflection of that person and we treat them like that person and we justify it. We justify it because if they do something that remotely reminds us of our previous experience, we automatically say, for the fact that I feel what I felt five years ago, you must be guilty. And you must be a bad person. And I will punish you for that. And this is how every single one of us go around in life. And we justify all these things. How would the world be better? And also of us must have thought that we'll come here and I'll be slandering parents and how can I come and do that? Everyone is a victim. Everyone is a victim. You know. Everyone is a victim. 
just by being born in this world. But as much as we're victims, we're also people who victimize others. Because we're all responsible. You know? We're all responsible for the state of the world today. Every one of us has contributed our quota. Everyone. There's no one on this call that is innocent. Not one person. Not one. We have contributed to this evil that we have done in the world today. Even if it's just 0.0004%, we have contributed. And we're part of it. So none of us has the right to say, well, I'm innocent. Look at me. It's a lie. And we need to stop. We need to throw this out of our head because that's why we think that, oh, the world is so... Um, God... There's no one that is innocent. No one. The person who did harm to, to us, harm was done to them. And we say, why did they do that harm? Okay, what about we that were harmed? What are, about the harm that we're doing? So if we're doing the same harm, what, of what right do we have to condemn another person when we're doing the same thing? That person was broken, they broke us. We became broken, broke other people. So, so why, why, why are we condemning? We're all in the same boat. Every one of us. The only way a change, a transformation will happen is when we see what we are today. I know this happened in my past. I know this person said this to me. I know this person did this to me. But it's my choice if I want to continue to be a casualty of another person's brokenness. It's a choice. It's a choice. It's a choice. And every day we remain that place. Every day we remain there. We continue to make that choice. And as people, how do we ever evolve or grow when we continue to make that choice? You know. This year, this conversation is just here to serve as a mirror for us. We're not here to look at anyone. We already know people are bad, so it's not news. So if we say one start talking about people, we, we can spend the whole day here and talk. We all know that. So let's leave what is obvious. Let's, leave, let's talk about what is not obvious, that which is inside of us. That's what we don't know very well. And we need to know. So this conversation is a mirror. It's so easy to see another person, but you see, as the way God designed us, I can see you, but me to see myself is a problem. So that is what needs a lot of more effort, because it's easy to see others on the outside, but to see within is tough, and we need to, so that we stop making excuses for contributing to a cycle that we claim to hate. How can we hate something if we're also a part of it? You know. How this conversation has made us to think about certain things in our lives. Has it done so for us? Huh? Has it gotten us to reflect? Yes, it yeah. has. You know, <laughs> definitely it has. It's much to it's much to reflect on. There's nobody that is innocent. Nobody. All of us have done our own part. So our fathers were broken. Our mothers were broken. Out of the abundance of their hearts, they gave to us. 
Now, we got broken. We have a choice now. We have a choice. It's those who make that choice to revolt against the system, to break the cycle, to break the wheel. That is the only way light can come. Because to be a part of the cycle, to be a statistic is easy. You don't need to do anything to be that. You just need to just be. And if you just, the way this world is, if you just be, wickedness is going to come naturally because this world is wicked. So if we're just going to be, we are going to be monsters because that's just the way the world is. So the, the only way to be, for light to come in this world is if we choose to rebel. Because the natural order of the world today produces terrible people, produces broken people, produces monsters. And we see it all over the place. All of us here, we're capable of a lot of things that we don't even know about. And let us thank God that we have not been put in certain circumstances. Because if we, if, if, if we are put there, we'll be surprised the kind of things that will come out of us. I'm sure even us here, there are some times where we'll be in certain situations. And our own action in that situation will surprise us because we never thought we could be such a person. There are a lot of things that we're capable of. When you go back into the time of the Holocaust in Germany, a lot of those people who were in the Nazi concentration camps, who were committing all kinds of wickedness on the, on, on, on the, on the, on the, on the Jews, some of them were school teachers, some of them were gardeners, some of them worked in the bakery. How is it that those kind of people who looked as if they were harmless were capable of such monstrosity? That tells us that it's always been there. Jesus Christ said, nothing you put inside a man's mouth corrupts them. Is that, what, is that which comes out? Our circumstances, environment, only brings out what was there. That's just the truth. And that's life. All have sinned for the, this. The, even babies are not born innocent. From eight months, you can only tell a child that has anger. Don't give him breath. You say, you can already see his face. Like this one, this one at eight, you see he has real vex. Even the babies are born innocent. That's not true. No one is born innocent. It's all there. It's just a matter of do you have the environment that will allow this good or bad in you to flourish? Because both good and bad are inside of us. The light and the darkness is, is, is inside of us. The question is, are we going to be in an environment that one will flourish? Because if some of us here were born in some certain parts of the world, God knows who we will be. And that's the truth. So we need to have this humility as we approach the world. We need to have this humility because that mindset of carrying a stone against May Magdalene is what the world is today in general. Look at in the market, maybe someone who steal 10 naira. Hypocrites. Hypocrites will be the first to get up and put tire on the neck and burn him alive as if they themselves have not done that before. And it's the same thing we do. Anyone who is on, they put them on trial, especially in this day and time now. Let's not even go into that before we trigger some things. But now say, when we see, when we see maybe a person, someone like, someone like R. Kelly now, not that what he did was good, but you see everyone coming out, oh, this man, he must die, cut off his head, castrate him, blah, blah, blah. The same evil that R. Kelly did is the same evil that these people are putting, putting towards him. Who is better than who? Oh, look at what can you do that. You touch this woman. Oh, you must die. What's the, what's the difference? There's no difference. As we are speaking that way, 
we and our Kelly are just the same. There's no difference between both of us because the same evil that we're pouring on each other. We're just like those Pharisees who carry the stone to say, I will stone Mary and they look at you, you are shameful. But are we not? We need to be humble. We need to be humble. I need to pray to God for mercy. Because a great deal of us really believe that we're better than other people. But I tell you, for us to even have the capacity to believe we're better than someone, that shows that God has a merciful on us. Because if we're put in certain circumstances, we will see exactly that which we're capable of. And it will shock us. And some of us have seen a taste of it. And we're still traumatized to date what we're capable of doing. Some of us, there are things we've done two years ago, three years ago, that we cannot even open our mouth to say. And we just bury it in shame and fear. We can't even recall it in memory. We're terrified of what came out of us. Hey, I could do this. Some of us want to just bury it. You know? We just want to just bury it. Oh, as a young man, at 18, I t- attempted homosexuality and I slept with 10, 15 men. As a young girl, oh, there was a time in my life where I allowed five men to sleep with me. And we just try and bury all these things. We bury it as if they didn't exist. If we bury these things, we don't face them. We don't confront it. We don't forgive ourselves. It's not possible for us to have mercy on anyone. Mercy begins with it. So if we're not able to have mercy on our father, on our mother, our brother or sister, it's because we don't have mercy on ourselves. And we need to start having mercy on ourselves. We need to start taking responsibility for ourselves. Not saying that people didn't do what they did because they did it. But you know something that's also true? Something was also done to them. Because when you hear that person's story, you'll be surprised that they had it just as bad as you. And the one who did it to them, you'll be surprised they had it just as bad. So if it's about to compare who's witchcraft, is, you see everybody, witchcraft is there in their life. So when you see that we are, we are not an exception, when we see that we're not an exception, we will know that we can't be the difference. Because to be broken is not an exception. What's an exception is the person who, who stands above that. That's, that's what's exceptional. That's what's exceptional. This world is a fallen world. Majority of the world has forgotten about God. And because of that, evil and wickedness is all over the place. So what is normal is brokenness. That's not an exception. What's exceptional is being above it. Is being able to let God in. And let him build us from that place. You know. So yes, Fumi, you have a, you have something you want to say? Yeah, I have a question. Can you hear me? Mm. I can hear you. Okay. I was going to say, you, remember you were talking about how it's the same wickedness that you, the Alkali people and people that like kind of want to Stone him Even the stars, they, they just killed one police officer in Delta State now. They killed him, they shot him in the head. And people are saying, oh, this is good. Look at all the people that have died. They should have, they should have killed that mindset. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, however, remember we had a previous conversation when you said that if you see that evil, right, and you hate it, there's something in you that's drawing you to that thing, right? Of course. So my question is, that evil, like, for example, the, um, what, what do you call that? The rape issue in Nigeria, right? Mm. And you were maybe campaigning against it. Can I just ask, mm. what is in me that would make me hate that thing? Yeah, can you give an example? Because okay. how can that be in me if I'm campaigning against it? I don't know if that makes sense. There's nothing wrong with campaigning against something. I'm not saying there's one. There's nothing wrong with campaigning against something. I'm talking about when in a quote-unquote campaign, like see in America, they complain about police brutality, but they started burning down buildings, stealing stores, even the, their black community, they were robbing their own people. What is going on? Uh, you get what I'm saying? There was validity to their protest. But when it went beyond protest to them now becoming perpetrators, then what, what, are, what are we saying? Now their, 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 their protest has now become invalid because from their actions and from their words, they have shown that they themselves are capable of equal evil if given right motive. So for someone like a, a basic serial killer, his motive might just be you having blonde hair, right? But your own might be, oh, they kidnapped your daughter. But both of you are capable of doing it. It's just that you have different motives. Do you get my point? Huh? Wait, okay. So I think what you're saying is that if your retaliation is just as bad as what the person did to you, then you are both capable of doing it. Is that what you mean? Don't call it retaliation because from both points of view, there was precedent for the action. So for someone, his own president, your blonde hair is enough to make him say, oh my God, because my, I remember my mom, that blonde woman, oh, that woman from hell. So once he sees you as blonde, that is enough crime you have done to him. So him even killing you is a retaliation. Then you, for what he has done, people retaliate. So we, I want us to stop to understand how the mind actually works. Do you understand what I'm saying? So from his own standpoint, him doing the harm is a retaliation. And you, what you do in return is also what you call retaliation, but it's still the same thing. Do you get what I'm saying? Hmm. Okay. Two wrongs don't ever make it right. Ever. You bring fire and fire, you have a furnace. It doesn't quench. You get my point? Hmm. Uh-huh. So whatever we're doing, there's a problem. One has to see how to create a lasting solution. But I don't want us to go into all of this um, issues in detail and all that stuff. But yes, you know, many times you have been Pharisees who hold the stone and want to break someone's head. Even not physically, but through internet and all these things. We've been people who put tie on people's necks and burn them alive. For just a word they said, maybe they lost their cool and we slay them as if we have not said worse in our own quiet space. So these are things we as people need to start thinking about. Because there's so much condemnation going around. And it's like that because there's so much condemnation going on in ourselves. And we have the capacity to break the cycle by letting ourselves be the first recipient of this transformation. By wanting to be healed. 
you know, by wanting to be healed. And wanting to be healed incorporates us forgiving those who did us harm. And when we actually start to think about that, that is how we know the extent to which we have been hurt. But we must face that place. We have to, if we're going to go beyond this. You know. So yeah. That's the message for today. And um, I just want us to pray, you know. Because a lot has been said, I can, from here, I can really feel the, I can feel the, 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 the nature of our feelings of this phone call. It's, it's very heavy. I can, I know that we're now rethinking a lot of things. I know some of us are even condemning ourselves already. And as we're condemning ourselves, we're not even condemning people say, actually, why should I condemn myself? Look at what this person, and I'm sure, is it like, I'm not seeing all those funny, funny feelings arising in us. <laughs> Who can testify to that? You know. I can't. Me? Yeah. So right now, a lot of strange emotions are just coming all over the place, you know. So now I want us to invite the power of God, that which is able to uplift us, to help us. Because we're not meant to live this life on our own. We can't live this life now. And that's a failure of humanity, thinking that you can exist separate from your source, creator. It can't work. So I want us now to just pray. And in this prayer, I want us to use our imagination. I want us to visualize. And as we're seated where we are, I want us to close our eyes and visualize just one person one person who has hurt us before. Just visualize that one person that has hurt us before. That one person. And I want us to visualize that wound like an injury on our abdomen. I want us to visualize the life of God flowing into that world. Flowing into that world. And I want us to see the image of that person who injured us start to dissolve. And I want us to say in our heart, Father, I wish to be here. I wish to be here. I wish to be here. And we need to identify that wish we're wishing to be healed from. So we need to visualize one person, one person who has caused us pain, who has caused us sorrow. Visualize the wound in our body. Visualize the life of God entering into that wound. And visualize the image of that person dissolved. Just say, Father, I wish to be healed. I wish to be healed. I wish to be healed. Father, help me. 
I'm unable to look at this part of myself. I'm unable to look past this part of myself. Ah, all those years of what she said, all those years of what she did, how can I ever let that go? How can I ever let that go? Father, teach me how to let it go. Teach me how to receive your help. Teach me how to receive your healing. So that I can be whole again. I want to be whole again, Father. I want to be whole again. Come into me and heal my world. Heal my world. Help me to forgive. Help me to forgive. So that I myself might be whole. Help me, Father. So that I might be whole. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So yeah. That's the message that God has for us today. I hope um I hope it helps someone somewhere. I hope it's helped us, even if it's just at least think about something we hadn't thought about in a while. I hope that it's that it's helped us. So, um, do we have any final thoughts, comments, questions? Yes. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Okay. Okay. So I just wanted to. Um, um, add this and use it to also encourage like everyone so one way that um, God like revealed me in the area of forgiveness is to pray for the other person to pray for the person that's the first place to start from and even remember when something happened to me and um, when I was talking to God about it, that was what he said. Okay, for this person. Ah, what? <laughs> I was like, this is hard. Because <laughs> I was saying, this is what this person did to me. This is, you know, how I feel. And when I which is why I, 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 when you said to um, address it, don't deny it, you know. Um, so the first thing I did was, okay, this is how, this is how I'm feeling. I feel hurt. I feel, you know, this way and this way. And okay, I want to um, pray for this person, but I don't know how to. So Lord, help me. You know, so that was the first prayer in terms of me praying for that person that was the first 
step. Lord, help me to pray for this person. Gradually, you know, I began to pray for this person. And the more you do that, like you said, that's like re- that's like rebelling against the, you know, um, default, probably a default response to such situation. Because it doesn't make sense to pray for somebody that hurts you. But that is a Christ-like thing to do. So I, I just wanted to encourage us to start from there. You know, it, it, it might it, it won't happen overnight, but that's a good place to start from. So yeah, thank you. Yeah, you're very welcome. And uh, thank you so much for that. Thank you for that. It, it really does help for start praying. And when we actually start praying for the people, we actually start to realize how angry we are. And that's a good thing to discover, you know, to see the depths of how angry we are. Because then, because now we know our injury places. And when we know where we're injured, that's the first step to healing, you know, to know that there's actually still pain here, you know. Because God wants to build us and God wants to put together our broken pieces and make us whole, you know. But we, as people, have to want it. We have to want to desire it. To desire wholeness. So, yeah. Excel, go ahead. So, um, can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. So, um, I really, because what you just said about prayer, really made sense because I've been thinking seriously. It was it wasn't until I can't hear you Excel. I think she lost her connection. I think she lost her connection. Before she comes back, is there anyone who has something to say, thoughts, comments, question maybe? Anyeka, please go ahead. Anyeka. Okay, maybe she can hear. Um, Mer- can you hear? Uh, I can hear you now. Can you hear? Okay, so. Anya, can I can't hear you? Anekan, are you here? Awareness of his plan. Mercy, I saw you wanted to say something. Mercy. Oh, no, sorry, I didn't. Okay, okay. Okay, Excel, you're back? Yeah, sorry, network is 
So as I was saying that it wasn't until I started to pray or I felt like how how angry sometimes I don't like to use the word things she used to say or do. And I just just made me realize that sometimes the healing process starts watching this person did that thing. So I think that's how God starts the hearing process from us realizing that this is what is wrong and for her because I started to ask myself, why am I finding it so if somebody comes and says, can you die for her? It's so difficult to just open my mouth and pray. And I started to think and to open up how we get um I don't know what the word is, but she doesn't really believe me per se, but there's another angle I'm coming from when I'm saying something to her. And I'm like, this is just me, this is how I am. So why reacting or taking action based on how hot we are. So I just stopped trying. I stopped talking to her. I stopped trying to happen if you have even though you feel like you you Okay, Ania, can you hear? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Oh, okay. Yes, so um, I'm really thank I'm thankful that this, this is happening today. Um, before the session started, I was joking with a friend that we're going to be dragged, like we're going to be dragged today and all our edges will be removed. So we need to brace up for impact. You know, oh, so this is not an can speaking <laughs> while we are here together. So we're okay. just joking we're just joking about it that when our, our edges will be removed today from this topic. <laughs> but then I didn't see it coming from this perspective because I mean, um, there is the part to, to I, I started to understand God teaching me about, you know, seeing the other person as me for a while now. And that journey has just been ongoing. And I've been having different experiences. But then there is also the part that you talked about today where, you know, not blaming anybody at all. Because instead of um, just, so forgiving the other person and forgetting to forgive myself, who is also yeah. like a part of the equation, it just leaves pain and hurt, you know, hiding somewhere. Yeah. And sometimes the responses to, to other people comes out of, oh, well, but I've forgiven that person. But then you forget that you have swept that pain. You have now accepted the blame and taken the blame for that person. And now mm. 
seated, deep seated in the place where you're, you're blaming yourself and you're not even paying attention to how you're blaming yourself. And then you just treat people in certain ways, but, but you have given forgiveness to the other person. And I'm just, I'm really so thankful because with the, with the meditation we did a few minutes ago in prayer, um, God had helped me to scratch things that I maybe would have just swept under the carpets. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thankful, really. I'm thankful mm-hmm. for this. So Anikan is going to speak now. No problem. No problem. Hi, El Thank you so much. Hi, I totally okay. did not see the conversation, you know, coming and landing in this manner at all, at all. Remember, before we started, I had talked about how um, I sort of see things differently with my family and my siblings, and I always wish things would be different. And then when I try to make the changes, it kind of sounds like they, they see it as I'm being overly emotional and just doing too much you know but um i just really understand and it sits in right now that the change actually begins with myself and um it makes so much sense to me that when i confront these things with myself i'm able to love others i'm able to actually really shine the light of christ and in that way i wouldn't have to do too much because this would bring them into that love into that change into that light that is supposed to be yeah so everybody's just a product of a faulty cycle and system yes. that's been in place so yeah thank you so much god bless you you're so welcome and you can god bless you god bless you yeah so um excel do you want to finish She's not back. Let's hope it's not still good. Okay. Okay. So could a few of us um maybe share one or two things that we got from the conversation? Maybe five or six of us, and then we can close. Just as a reflection. So yeah, something that stood out to us. Something that just something that just gripped our hearts in the conversation. You know. So who's gonna go first? I'll go. Of course. Um, I think for me, the most important thing that stood out to me was if you don't confront it, what will happen to you and take responsibility for how you act, you will eventually do the same thing that was done to you and become the same thing that you hated. And I think that really changes the way I go moving forward. It's like actively making a choice to unlearn what what you had learned before. So yeah. Mm. That's, that's a very good uh, that's a very good takeaway. Thank you for that for me. Thank you. Who's gonna go next? Hi. Hey. Okay, I think I think for me, right, one thing that stood out is where you said um it's not about blaming, but acknowledging. And I feel like that's something that I've kind of like gotten wrong, like in terms of like reflecting and all of that. So yes, I acknowledge that, okay, there's some things in me that don't necessarily make sense. 
But then I start blaming myself as opposed to actually saying, okay, like having compassion for myself. So I feel like that's the mm. stage I'm kind of like moving on now because when you, when we're having the prayer thing and you were like imagining someone, the first person, I, it wasn't even conscious, but I, it was myself that appeared. So, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, I mean, that's my biggest takeaway for, for now. And yeah. Before I start, I start thinking about my father or anything. I need to start with myself. Um, yeah. Thank you. You're so welcome. God bless you, Inko. So, yeah. Who's going to go next? So we'll have four more people. Who'll go next? Hello. Hey, bro. Okay, so I just I was just reflecting on that thing you said when that when you said God cannot heal a place that doesn't want to be healed, and it made me kind of picture almost all of Jesus's miracles, and I just realized how mm. everyone was gravitating towards him. Yes. How they all wanted to be healed. Some touching the hem of his garment. Some climbing through roofs. And they all wanted to be it. And I just wonder how how many of us have thorns in our lives that we prefer it to be buried and not come out at all and not be healed. So I think it's just it's just really important for us to really reflect and meditate on God's mercy, just just like what you said, that Jesus Christ's mercy is what produces the transformation. Uh, so we really have to want it and that's what I really took away from this it's really eye-opening for me so thank you you're welcome boy I thank God for that thank God for that thank you thank you for sharing that with us Nena I saw you wanted to say something Nena are you here? Maybe her network. Okay, Joyce Lane, then Fire Kemi. Okay. Hey guys. Um, so I think my biggest takeaway definitely was um, kind of accepting, not really, I guess, yeah, pretty much accepting blame, but also not in the sense where it's like I blame myself, but like taking responsibility and not like, oh, I take responsibility like it's all my fault. I'm so terrible. You know what I'm saying? But in a sense where it's like nobody should be responsible you know what i mean not you yes. not the person not just t- like you know what i mean just like a write-off like you just write it off and so i think that was the hardest thing because people are always like oh you know take responsibility for yourself take responsibility for yourself i've been hearing that so much as i'm like i'm in my early 20s <laughs> hearing that so much <laughs> like i guess transitioning from a teenager so like I never understood I I would just you know be myself up like it's my fault it's my fault but that's not really what it should be you know especially in Christ Mm. so that really helped me clarify like just like writing it off just making it like it's a write-off like nobody to blame Mm. here you know what I'm saying you can't blame this person you can't blame this person you can't blame yourself you know what I'm saying it's just like it's it's a write-off so I think that helps. And also I, I'm going to pray more to kind of understand it a bit more, but it, it definitely helps. Yeah. Yeah. yeah thank, thank you. God. You're welcome, Joyce. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. 
and then the Hear me now. Uh -huh, I can hear you now. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, um, is my my uh, my takeaway from tonight's teaching is basically more like um, personally, I I think I I make a lot of excuses for people. Okay. So, and um, okay, it's more like um, when I make excuses for people, I now tend to put the blame on myself. And um, tonight I've come to understand that, okay, you are not, um, I shouldn't put myself at that corner, but I should learn to also forgive myself. Even when I am I'm, I'm, I'm wrong or when I make mistakes, I should learn to also forgive myself. And even if I'm hurt, I should learn to forgive the person as well as forgive myself. Because I've realized that sometimes we are angry at ourselves for maybe being taken advantage of someone. Mm. So we are angry that yeah. why did I even let my back down or why did I do this to even allow this happen and stuff like that. So that's my big mistake away from. Mm. Thank you for that. Thank you so much for sharing that Nenda. Thank you. Thank Thanks. you. Okay. Fire. Uh, yeah. Um. One of my biggest takeaways from tonight was like how we are so consumed and wrapped up and not becoming our parents that we ultimately become them. All the things that we dislike, um, we kind of take them in and reproduce them at a later time and then give them to other people. And the excuses that I make as I am the way that I am, except me or don't um and even how like you know how some women say they don't want to marry men like their fathers but ultimately marry men like their fathers yeah. because they have they didn't, weren't really paying attention to themselves um along the way um and end up making very mistakes that they don't want to so i think this has provided like a avenue to like sit down and be like your own therapist and ask yourself some questions um, so you can heal and you're not passing on the same pain that you hate and dislike to your children. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Thank you for that file. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for everyone who just um, contributed. And um, I just pray in the name of Jesus Christ that were helped because I know that some of us are in situations where even right now the hammers are just all over the place around our lives and we're like God how how can I be anything but what I am right now don't you see what is happening around how can I be anything but this I just pray for the help of God I pray for support to find us where we are in the name of Jesus Christ I pray for assistance. I pray for the mercy of God to speak for us in that part of our lives in the name of Jesus. I pray for the spirit of the comforter to meet us where we are and help us 
to take us from that place where we are and uplift us to that where we need to be. In the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you because we know that you have initiated a work of healing that only you can do. And I pray that this work will bear much fruit in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that soon enough, some of us will come back and give testimonies of the transformation that happened in their hearts. Things that they were unable to do with their heart, they're not able to do. I pray that leprosy in different parts of our heart begin to be healed down in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray that different cancers in different parts of our heart begins to be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray that leukemia of the heart in different places where it might be begin to be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. Areas that our hearts are crippled. We're not able to walk in that part of our life. We can't move. I pray that life enter there in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray for wholeness to begin to come to us. Wholeness. Wholeness and life in the name of Jesus Christ. And may our broken bones be put together. That we may stand and testify of the glory of God. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen, people. Amen. Thank you, Ashoka. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Amen.